Gotta put your headphones on. Can't forget the headphones so I can hear my own voice, which I actually hate. No, you don't. Governor. Why are you doing that, though? Uh, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. And welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm here with a man who drops plenty of things, but never his standards. My husband and producer of the podcast, David Rossetti. How are you, dear? I am good. I'm good. Sometimes I drop my standards. I mean, it's true, but I was being very it's kind. It's Very kind. <laughs> Look at that. Very, very kind. Um, I am good. How are you? I'm in a mood. Dear? I know. I, I'm... I'm... <laughs> Trying to trying to keep it cool for the the audience. You I are in a little in bit of mood. A mood, y'all. My knee has been injured for the last like uh, six weeks or so, and my doctor was like, "Oh, it's just this. Just rest." So then I rested, and it felt great. And then we're packing. We're getting ready to move. And yesterday I was packing and moving things and lifting things, and my knee hurts again. So I'm gonna have to go to a specialist probably, and I'm angry about it because I haven't been able to go to the gym. So I'm spicy. She, he's spicy spicy and salty he's like sriracha i need the gym right now not just for like work like I know. like for health i need it well not for like physical health but like, but like for mental, mental health, health. So sure, i'm very sure. uh getting very very frustrated and i'm um uh, uh yeah so and yeah anyway i could go on and on about it but i'm not gonna so thanksgiving was last week yes thanksgiving happy thanksgiving y'all uh what is one thing one. what's what? that I said, just saying, everybody, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hope you know, it was hope tasty. It. What's one thing in this crazy world of 2020 that you're grateful for this year, my love? Hmm. That I you're thankful for. I'm thankful for um, you, That's Mr. Very spicy. Sweet. <laughs> Even I'm, when I'm, I'm spicy. I'm the sweet to his so spicy. spicy right now. Um, you and kind of us, I mean, a year ago potentially today what's the day oh my gosh yeah it could be today that we like packed Holy up a crap. 22 because they only had a 22 foot truck for us we were we had scheduled a 16 but they gave us a 22 David's face went white we showed up and they were like oh we rented out that truck your truck's not here and within 10 minutes we had basically a diesel <laughs> diesel filled death machine we were truck drivers tr- like we were basically truck drivers tr- trying to navigate out of the queens like the middle of new york to get to jersey and then start heading south it was nuts and they were like oh by the way it's diesel and make sure you stop at way stations and we were like anything and they were like oh and don't take this road we were like what roads they were like well we don't really know look on a map we were like anything Uh, else you want to tell us before you let us drive this death trap but i am i am thankful that we are here we are alive we are employed um, and yeah. that we we are about to you know move into a new condo. Oh my gosh, be ours! Oh my gosh! And um, and what about you? What is one thing you are thankful for this oh, year? Oh goodness, one thing. Um, I am grateful for you. You know that, but I'm gonna say, Mister P. 
Benson, our puppy. Yeah, that's a good one. One of the reasons we left New York is because um, we both didn't want to have a dog in New York City. People do it, and they do it great, and yeah. we would have done a fantastic job, but we just didn't want to... We, we wanted to have a little more space to get a dog. Um, so that was a motivation behind moving. And when we did, we finally got our little rescue pup, Mr. Benson, who's actually laying down sleeping next to us right now. So right I am so grateful for this Precious pup. Precious angel. Um, he sweet baby angel just makes life better he's everything so i'm i just love him i love him i love him adopt don't shop please adopt don't shop and you know as we're recording this a couple days before it comes out uh we are talking about our condo this comes Mm -hmm. out on the day that we're closing on the condo so today right now when this episode is dropping uh, when it drops we'll be in the boardroom i don't know actually where we're gonna be yeah i don't know somewhere with mask on six feet apart and it'll be you know yeah the, so the new crazy. normal uh but when this episode comes out we're going to be closing on our first home it's very cool that's crazy i mean listen we were two actors in new york who uh struggled struggled and went from job to job and paycheck to paycheck for years and years and years um somehow always making that crazy rent work there mm-hmm. and um but just rent i mean just money just kind of flying out for tiny <laughs> tiny uh crevices yeah david talked me into buying a home this year i still was against it but then i did the math he was like do the math on what we spent on apartments in new york and then and also our rent in atlanta by the way is just pretty much as expensive as it was in new york uh just for anyone who's curious about rent prices it's not pretty here either we were not happy when we got here we did our research and everything before we're like we'll find a place for like five hundred dollars right okay no we didn't think that we knew better but like (laughs) being a little over dramatic but like we were like oh it's gonna be like so much easier oh we thought it was definitely gonna feel better it did not it was super expensive we got really stressed out uh when we were looking for an apartment um but things were already in the move here i had already had a job like things were already rolling so we were like no no let's do this uh and anyways our Thankfully, mortgage is cheaper than the rent. So, hey. Hello. And Hello. it's a place we own. So, we're super stoked about that. So, today's a big, big day when this episode is coming out. Um, it's well, go- look at that spicy frown turning upside down. Okay, let's not mention the spice because okay. I'll go right back there. I'm really, know, really angry about my knee as I sit here in pain. I need to ice it. Anyway, it's going to be a nutty Christmas season mm-hmm. or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate. But I'm so excited to unpack and set up our new home, mm-hmm. our beautiful new kitchen, and our dedicated podcast studios. Space, which is super exciting super exciting it's going to be amazing uh speaking of amazing oh. who do we have in the pod oh amazing. Who, who do we have in the pod amazing well dear friend of the pod well her name is christy turner just Ooh. kidding it's christy turner christy turner no t in there her name's christy turner and let me tell you i'm a big fan she's the creator of the blog keeping it kind and author of the books but i could never go vegan and but my family would never eat vegan oh yeah i've seen those books um here at home and i know you love them i do um, i love the the if i remember like the cover i really like mm-hmm. the, the cover mm-hmm. of the she books. does have both of them have really great covers we talk about that actually in the interview um and uh, folks listening, if I recognize the title when he talks about it amidst dust and mountains, and I do say <laughs> mountains, large mountains. Couldn't have this podcast yep, without them. In this home, then it means that it's a good one. Um, I actually remember you cooking a lot out of those in our uh, New York apartment. Oh, yes, yes, all the time. I can't praise these two books enough. They really have everything. And you'll see I gush and fawn all over Miss Christy Turner throughout the interview. I just couldn't help myself. The recipes are winners. She's a winner. And the books are comprehensive as fudge they just give you all the goods as vegan fudge vegan fudge um uh, and so it, uh, is this the book with the um 
those uh, cheese stuffed meatballs. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. See, you remember? Yeah. How, how can you I forget? Recognize. How can I forget? You've made them a bunch of times, and they are delicious. Yes, I, I think we need to make those again soon, maybe for Christmas. But anyway, yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Um, I know you two will get down to chatting about food, and, and of course, we will uh, learn more about Christy from her. But to give our listeners a jump start, Christy Turner is the writer, recipe developer, and food stylist behind the blog keeping it kind former fr- oh, fromager excuse me french oh, 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 former fromager she teaches me how to say how it funny um, in cheese all, all her life about cheese former fromager and mutterer of the words i could never be vegan yes christina loves her compassionate lifestyle and works with her photographer husband chris to make veganism accessible fun and delicious for everyone mm-hmm. my kind of gal at keepingitkind.com christy provides recipes travel and dining tips resources and above all else she promotes kind food and a kind world here she is the queen of kind christy turner we're gonna start with our icebreaker here so if you had to play one album forever which album would it be you know i have a hard time with this one um (laughs) it's because i feel like we we listen to like playlists or i just shuffle like what's on my my itunes sure um but you know the last album and it's been so long since I've actually bought an album, but the last album I bought was Because uh, I Love You by Lizzo. All and right. I just, I never get tired of her. I, I'm kind of just in love with her and her music, and I don't get tired of it. So right now, I would have to say Because I Love You by Lizzo, but you know, in a couple months, it might be different. <laughs> no, I hear you. I, I, I think that's um a lot of, a, a lot of people might play that one. I mine's, I feel like mine's embarrassing, but then I've also embraced it, so it shouldn't be embarrassing. But mine is Taylor Swift's 1989. And oh wow! I, 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 a good one. I, well, for the longest time, I was like, I'm not going to listen to that. People are freaking out over it, and I'm not going to listen to it. And then I was like buying a computer at Best Buy or something, and it was sitting there like on an end cap. And they were like, anything else? And I was like. Yeah, I'll try this. And then I played it nonstop for so long. And I was like, wow, I oh, guess I'm yes. a Taylor Swift fan I, now. I love that. I love when that happens. I, I kind of did the same thing with Lizzo, where it's like I kept hearing everybody talk about her, but, you know, I'm I'm not somebody that searches out new music to listen to all the time. But then I heard an interview with her um, on, uh, Phoebe Robinson's podcast, uh, two dope Queens. Ah, And I I was just like, who is no, I think, oh, it wasn't that, sorry, take that back. It wasn't two dope Queens. It was her other one. Um, so many white guys. I, I love Phoebe Robinson, but, um, I was just like, who is this woman? I have to listen to her music. And then I just fell in love with her. It happened. But yeah, I, I listened I listen to both of those podcasts. <laughs> Have you seen the Two Dub Queens, the HBO special? Yes. It's so good. It's so good. Yes, it is. So funny. Correct. I love them. Well, yeah, we're here to talk your books about your books. I know from pouring over both of your books, uh, a blog is how it all started for you. Uh, so let's go back yeah. to the beginning. Uh, I noticed you dedicate the first book to your grandma. You say she taught you how to cook. Where did you grow up mm-hmm. and how was cooking part of your childhood? Um, well, I grew up in, uh, Northern California. I'm from San Jose. Okay. And, um, you know, my parents, my dad was the cook in my house. Um, but, 
you know, he, he cooks very, he would do a lot of like hamburger helper mm-hmm. and like canned chili beans and rice. And like, <laughs> they were all very good, really good food, but I never, you know, ner- you know, got that interested. But then I lived with my grandparents in Tracy for about a year when I was, uh, uh, 14. And, um, just, it changed my life because my grandmother, she's a fantastic cook. Um, but she also, um, she required me to cook one night a week. And so I would have to pick Ah. out a recipe and she would, um, she would kind of help me out as needed. She'd be like my little sous chef. <laughs> and then um, she would clean up the kitchen or she and my grandpa would clean up the kitchen. Whereas other nights it was my job to clean up after she cooked. So um, that's kind of how I got started. And it became kind of uh, became something that was sort of how I got, I don't know. I felt like connected to my grandmother when I would cook. And sure. so even you know, before she passed away, it was something that I could call her and be like, I made this and she would be very interested. And we would just talk about food or cooking. So it was, um, became like a kind of a, not spiritual, but it was a very emotionally connecting sort of practice for me. And then when I went vegan, I kind of had to relearn how to cook. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I just started following blogs and I think i I bought every cookbook Issa Chandra's ever done (laughs) and just began cooking like, like crazy and just fell in love with it. Just loved cooking even more than I was before I was vegan. Well, so what was your very first vegan cookbook that you bought? Do you remember? Um, I think Veganomicon. Ah, there you go. I mean, that's basically an encyclopedia of vegan cooking. It's a great book. Um, Yes. I love the introduction to your first book, but I could never go vegan. Uh, To me, it sort of really embodies the directional compass. I think so many people who have that aren't vegan, but they have that light bulb moment and suddenly everything shifts for them. Um, And you were, how do you say it? A fromager? How do you say it? Uh, I was a fromager. Fromager. Yeah, I should have uh, just went for it. I should have just went for it. Fromager. Tell- or you could, even easier, you can say cheesemonger. That's I was, what <laughs> I was, was going to say it, but then I was like, I don't know if I'm right on that. Well, you were. Uh, tell yeah. us how you went then from being a cheesemonger to a, at a snooty French restaurant and fancy cheese shop to a vegan food blogger and two-time cookbook author. Um. Well, there was a little bit of lag time. I... I got in, I, I moved to Los Angeles, um, right in 2008 when there was a recession and I'd been a personal trainer for years before that. Um, but personal training wasn't going anywhere in 2008 because nobody (laughs) could afford it. So I was like, you know what? I really love, I really love cheese. So I'm just going to go for it. And I got a job (laughs) in a restaurant in West Hollywood. Um, it's no longer there. But uh, I just got trained and just really, I was so into cheese and I was, I was pretty good at it. Um, I was really good at like tasting a cheese and knowing like what part of the world it was from, what animal it was, it was like, I think about it now and it's really sick, sure, like disgusting. But at the time I was, I loved cheese. Um, And then uh, I was approaching 30 
and realized I needed health insurance. <laughs> so um, I got a I got a different job working for a personal catering company. Um, and then it was there. Um, it has nothing to do with that job, but a friend of mine. Um, uh, I don't know if you. He's he's the author of the uh, Sriracha Lovers cookbooks. Um, no, but I've I've remember. heard of those books. Yes. And he, his name is Randy and he shared, um, he shared something on Facebook, just like a, a video about, um, pigs in a factory farm. And I'd been vegetarian at that point. Um, but I was like, Oh, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. This is really terrible. And my conscience couldn't really sit with it. Even though I didn't eat, you know, pig products, I was like, it's, probably very similar for other animals and I started slowly doing research and then I just saw like a video of a baby cow being taken from its mother and just lost my mind I was like I cannot I can't be a part of this at all like I just I can't it doesn't it doesn't sit it just doesn't sit right with me anymore Um, and it was right after my husband and I had gotten married and we had a honeymoon planned for uh, Greece. So we went to Greece and I was like, I, I don't want to try just being vegan now because this it's too difficult just trying to do this in another country. And so um, we had tried being vegan for two weeks before our honeymoon. Um, it went great, but we went there and we ate yogurt and cheese right. and felt sick to my stomach by the end of it, just literally sick. So starting with the flight home, uh, we just never have eaten um dairy or eggs or went vegan then and we've been vegan ever since well so when was that that was actually the plane ride home was september 11th uh 2011 okay okay yeah wow i the one of the things i love most about uh but i could never go vegan is that well both of these books but I could never go vegan, and but my family would never eat vegan. Both of them, I have to tell everyone, they're they're thick, they're big books, they're full of like all the goodies, all the information. So you're really getting you're getting your money's worth when you buy one of these books. Um, for both of them, I can say that. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, and one of the things I adore about but I could never go vegan is that straight out the gate, you hit us with the how tos on pressing tofu, cashew creams, vegetable broth, making nut butters, roasting garlic, and cooking grains, beans, and you give the lowdown on ingredients with sweeteners and oils and vinegars the list goes on uh but it's all done in a very approachable way why was it important for you to start this book out like this yeah because i know how intimidating it can be uh when you go vegan and i remember like when i was going vegan there was i was like what is nutritional yeast and i I don't think i I think i was even afraid to buy it for like a month i was like this is just too weird. Yeah, you're like, I'm, I'm not, not gonna... making bread. Why is there yeast involved? What is this yeast? Exactly. I yeah. was like, this is this is not necessary. I've lived my whole life without nutritional <laughs> yeast up until this point. Uh-huh. I don't need to add it now just because I'm going vegan. But then I decided to try it. And then I was trying more things. But I just, I think it was very intimidating starting out in all these new ingredients right. and things that 
you know, when you think about it, like now I can look back and go like, these are just normal ingredients. But at the time they were so like bizarre and out there because veganism was so out there. And I think for a lot of people just going vegan, it can feel that way. Like this is just too much. But so I wanted to make it approachable and understandable just to kind of relieve any sort of the scariness or the bizarreness of going vegan, like just make it, oh yeah, it's just a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always like to tell people too, because they talk about ingredient, you know, if they're just starting out or they're thinking about it, they're like, oh, but the ingredients are so weird or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but like you didn't know what flour was until you made like as a kid until you made cookies for the first time. It just seemed normal because like flour was in the pantry. So like once you start swapping these out, suddenly the ingredients are normal now, you know, like my house is never without nutritional yeast now, you know? Yes. Um, never, never, <laughs> I, ever, ever. Oh my gosh. Never, ever in supply in bulk. Um, and yes. I, I want to note that you also give great tutorial pictures in this book, which is very nice. Like it's, it's refreshing to see that because I don't feel like a, a lot of books don't give them, but you're giving people this sort of like picture by picture, uh, guide on building certain things. And the recipes are easy to start with, but you cover all of these bases, giving step-by-steps step with pictorial guides for several recipes. This also might be a good time to praise your husband, Chris, because he does the photography for both books, right? Yeah. Sorry. There's some motorcycles driving by right now. <laughs> uh-huh. The real life, real life, okay. real life. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Uh, Chris did all the photography for it. He's we're, we're such a good team in that respect. Um, and he's so supportive. Like he, he likes doing the photography for it. <laughs> um, I can do photography, but I find it so hard and sure. challenging that he's really into it. So, um, it just became like this project that we got to, to work on together and have fun with. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really, really grateful Uh, just to have an in-house photographer because it was important to me that um, every recipe be photographed. Um, And so in both of the books, there's pictures of every single recipe. Um, Well, and people love that. People want that. Let me tell you, as someone who doesn't have a photo for every single recipe, one of the comments (laughs) I always get is like, why isn't there one for every recipe? Well, it's hard. Yeah, it, it is, is hard. hard. It and is hard. and if you if you don't if you're not doing your own photography, it costs a lot exactly. to hire a photographer exactly. to do to do um, to do photography for your book. And so I was very very I'm very very lucky in that respect because he's he's available, he likes it, and he's he's very good at it. Well, and then he's got those so. pics too, like the pictorial pics uh, or the tutorial pics with um your hands in it. So you're able to like, when you've got two people working on it, you're actually able to dive a little deeper and get some of those great picks in there too. Um, You've got chapter titles that are literally the best, like words just taken out of carnivore's mouth. Like vegan cooking is too hard. Easy recipes to whip up in 35 minutes or left or, our favorite, where would I get my protein as a chapter name, uh, (laughs) satisfying ways to pack protein in. And the most heard one, I think even above the protein is I could never give up cheese. (laughs) Yeah. And I was skeptical of the cheese chapter. Um, 
especially I was like, she comes from this cheese world. Like, of course she's going to include it, but can it be really that good? But I was so pleasantly surprised. You did a, a really great job on having a nice collection of easy to make at home vegan cheeses, um, including like a sunflower cheddar that I love. That's gratable. Um, tell us about diving into the vegan cheese world as someone who has such a strong cheese background. Well, it's, it's really intimidating. <laughs> um, <laughs> Especially when there's people like Miyoko Skinner out there who are just like blowing the world up with amazing vegan cheese. Um, And I actually purposefully stayed away from looking at her book until after I was done with mine um, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to like find myself subconsciously copying it or whatever. I wanted to use tactics that like I learned about just, you know, through blogging and like other blogging friends, things I'd seen on the internet um, and things that I've adapted to work for me. Um, I feel now like that chapter is a little dated (laughs) because just now even it just seems like every, every month or every year, even there's just so many more vegan cheese options that are just incredible. Well, listen, I will say there are incredible options. And I'm sorry to cut you off. But I do have to say you might say it's dated, but I've gotten a lot of like vegan cheese books that have come out. And I still go back to yours because it's so accessible. You just you make it very easy and also like tasty. It's not like I'm putting all this work into something and then I'm unsatisfied with it. I make stuff from that cheese chapter. And I'm actually like, well, this is great. You know, so I don't I don't think it's dated. I think it's timeless. Oh, thank you very much, Dustin. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, but speaking of the cheese world, I'm just out of curiosity. Do you have? Do you always make your own cheese, or are there vegan brands that you actually do like? Um, you know, one cheese that I still do make sometimes is my vegan goat cheese. Mm, um, I'm uh, which is like the tofu based. Um, like goat cheese log that's in the book. Yep. Um, I'll still make that one. And of course, like cheese sauces or um, I really like, like uh, in my second book, I have a pepita Parmesan that I'm addicted to. I just <laughs> always have a jar of that in my fridge. But when I'm buying cheese, you know, Miyoko's is always a great option, but I really do like, um, I like tree line mm-hmm. and um I tried uh, Rain. Is that R E I N E? Oh, I don't know. Year. I haven't had that one. Um, it was at my local, like, super posh health food sure. grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I tried that. Um, it was very, very good. Um, you know, it's it used to like when I first went vegan. I remember I didn't even like Daya very much, and now sure. even Daya good i feel like they've they've changed their formula yeah. somehow and now we always have daya cheese slices in the fridge well because they've stepped it up um, to where you're like okay if i use yeah. this the right way then it, it's great yeah 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 it's like i feel like now you can't it's really hard to go wrong there's so many great choices out there i like the follow your heart slices and mm-hmm. um have you tried the miyoko slices yet no, I haven't. They're good. They're I tasty. Not tried. They're tasty. Oof, I can't wait. <laughs> well, so like I said, you've got every angle covered in this book. You really do make it an approachable book for somebody who says, but I could never go vegan. Um, I What year did this come out? Um, the 
first one came out in 2014, and the second one came out in 2016. Such beautiful covers for both, too. I know that's always the hardest part, really, in deciding books and, uh, like, you know, because that's, that's going to be the calling card for it. Like, how is somebody going to pick this up off the shelf? And both of them pop. It's so nice. I love it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Now, I've cooked from the first one a lot, the second one a little bit, but the first one I cooked from a lot. Two of my personal favorites, uh, we've got the sweet and sour cauliflower baked, not fried, Mm. with a sauce that cooks up super easy. Um, You call vegetable the it vegetable, which it certainly has been in the last few years. Um, But I also love, and I was surprised at how easily it came together. At first, I was like, gosh, a deep dish pizza. Um, But the roasted veggie deep dish pizza loaded with mushrooms, zucchini, bell pepper, red Red onion, and it's baked with a. Tell me if I'm saying it right or wrong. Mozzarella cheese. Yeah, it's just because uh, it's. I think the mozzarella is made with macadamia. Oh, nuts, there we go. So, yeah, I didn't even put that together. Just... My gosh, <laughs> how silly! I've made it a couple times, but it's been a couple years. Um, and it's on a yeah. cornmeal pizza dough. It's delicious. Uh, oh, now, what do you? What are? What are a couple favorites from that book from you that you want to tell people about? I'm a sucker for an impossible cheeseburger pie because mm. um, that actually it goes back to when I lived with my grandmother. That was one of uh, my favorite things in her recipe book that I would choose to cook. So I, I think I would do it at least once a month when I was living with them. And so for my first book, I was like, I need to find a way to veganize this. Um, and I did. So <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely one of my favorites. You know, there's a, uh, a, I can't remember the exact name of it. The tofu feta and potato gratin dish. Um, I think it's in the cheese chapter, actually, uh, that I really like. Oh, tofu feta spinach and potato gratin. Yeah, it's just uh, thin slices of potatoes um, with like spinach and tofu feta. There's like a creamy sauce and it bakes up and it's just so good. Um I, I'm just a big fan of potatoes. Anyway, uh, they're cooked. So uh, <laughs> yeah, my husband actually makes fun of me all the time. He'd be like, oh, I don't know. Is there a potato with it? If there is, you'll like it. Well, then yeah. we move into, so you guys go get But I Could Never Go Vegan. It really is one of the best vegan cookbooks I've ever gotten. Um, I It's dog-eared all Thank over you. the place. So there's things I have to go to, go back to and make. I, I love that the second one you came out with, but my family would never eat vegan. Um, it's the perfect continuation of, but I could never go vegan. Um, the introduction in this is one of my favorite introductions in a book I've probably ever read. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think everyone needs to read it. You paint such a great picture of sitting at the table for a family gathering and all of the just dumbass things that people say. Um, yes. you know, with people who are not vegan, um, can you sort of elaborate on that moment in that introduction? Yeah, it's, it's very much taken from family gatherings with my family. Um, my husband's family is very, they're so into it there. I mean, I think his, his sister's also vegan. Um, my stepdaughter is vegetarian. So they're a little bit more open to the idea, but just his whole extended family, they're like, Oh, Chris and Christy are coming. Let's let's try out this vegan recipe. <laughs> or they'll they'll email me and say, "Hey, how does this sound? Like, we want to make this for Thanksgiving." Or it's like they're so into like making it so inclusive. And my family, God bless them, I love them to death. Uh, they're my favorite people in the world. They're not as uh, into it. <laughs> I hear you. Mine's the same. I hear you. 
it's very much like, oh, you want to eat vegan, then you should bring some vegan food for yourself to eat, um, which we do. But then inevitably, inevitably, somebody always wants to try it. And it, there's always the nose scrunching or there's always <laughs> um, like, what's what is this? This smells like coconut or like something bizarre. Or then there's the people that have feel like guilty or uh, feel a little bit of shame about the meat that, that is on their plate. And they start having to go, mm, I love meat. Uh-huh. And <laughs> it becomes that sort of thing where it's, it's, it's a loving taunt that really gets on my nerves. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, and you know, I feel like there's an expectation, like they're saying, and you have like, they're expecting you to respond in some sort of way. Yeah. And you're yeah, like, you have like, your own opinion. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. It's like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the meat on your plate. Exactly. You know, even though that's bizarre as hell, but I'm not saying anything <laughs> about the meat on uh, your plate. Um, so why are you, why are you like breaking down everything that I'm choosing to eat? Like it's, it's very, um, and then it's so much like, oh, do you want some pumpkin pie? Oh, it's not vegan. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, you can't eat this? I I don't know what, what's in this that you can't eat. And yep. then you feel guilty for, for not being able to eat something that somebody else has made. Um, there's just, there's so many uncomfortable moments and, um, you know, you get through it. But I think what I really wanted was, because this is such a common thing for so many vegans and it makes it very difficult to eat with your family. And for some people, um, I wanted to be able to bring families together and everybody can maybe eat vegan or they'll be cool with having at least one vegan dish on the table. Um, you know, just kind of change the attitude around it a little bit. Well, and that's kind of what I love too. You didn't make this book about it's, it's not, Oh, I can make your whole family go vegan. It's, it's more about navigating this space we're talking about, about being Mm -hmm. with your family. Who's not vegan and how they sort of respond to you and how you can do your part by being, you know, I think you say it in the end here, basically a shiny, happy example of, you know, a vegan who's, who's, present and living a great life and and has more than enough food to eat at the table yeah exactly i I love that i'm i'm not here to change anybody's mind or make people go vegan because you know nobody's going to go vegan because you tell them to they have to come to it on their own and so i just want to create an example and provide yummy food and you know they can make their decisions in their own time well, and you have, I have at the end of this intro, I've got like six things circled. I mean, it really is just, mm-hmm. like I said, one of my favorite introductions, you've just got some great points that I, I feel like I sort of live by. So I was reading this and I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and also I have to say my family is the same. My in-laws, David's mom will cook up, like we'll go for Thanksgiving. I, I walk in the door and she's got like vegan cookies for me and the fridge is full mm-hmm. of like vegan butter and all this stuff. I go yep. to, and I'll go to my mom's and she's like, so um, for Thanksgiving, we're going to do the turkey first and you'll help with that and this, that. And I'm like, no, like I'm not going to help you make a turkey. I don't know how many different ways to explain that. Yeah, it's exactly. Um, and it just, uh, you know, I get to the point where I'm just like, no, no, I'm good. And like, I, I don't to get into it more just always causes like a thing. They've gotten better. They've gotten better. But you know, it's certainly been progress over the time. One of the things I love you say is the first thing you need to realize is that this is your life. I know that's a shocker. If you want to be vegan, be it for health reasons, environmental reasons, ethical reasons, or just to piss off your mom, you can do it. And that's the best part. It's that simple. 
I mean, it's really that simple. You can do it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, you've got in here, ha, ha, ha. I'm trying to find, like I said, I circled like six things. So I'm, I'm not going to just read your whole book to you. That would be pretty boring. <laughs> for you, but I do want people to hear this because I want them to go get it. Finally, here's the most important thing I want you to take away from this book. And I want you to say it out loud with me. It's not my duty to make my family go vegan. That's why the title of the book is, But My Family Would Never Go Eat Vegan. If you try to make your family go vegan, you're going to encounter more resistance than you can handle. Um, and I just, nothing rings truer. And then you go on about just setting a great example. So really this intro nails it on all, all counts. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and again, we go into this book. We start out with some great how-tos, which is fantastic. They're different from the first book. Um, but you've got great things in here. And the chapters, titles, again, that sort of ring true from Carnivores. My family demands eggs and bacon for breakfast. Um, and I love the tofu rancheros in this book. So good. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. And you've also got a vanilla French toast in here with a strawberry sauce. Um, I've had... Serious difficulty perfecting my vegan French toast game. What's a secret uh, to your uh, vegan French toast? Um, you know, it's, 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 to be perfectly honest, it's been a long time since I've made that recipe <laughs> um, or even had French toast in a while because I've been on a real waffle and pancake kick if I'm actually going to make breakfast. Nice. <laughs> um, but French toast, I think it's just finding that perfect balance of um, it's a little bit crisp, but also like kind of soggy at the same time. Sure. Like it's a nice balance of those. Um, so I think having ingredients in there that will give a, like a little bit of the um, crispness and also like that a little eggy taste to it. Um uh, it's just a perfect balance of, of things. Yeah. But yeah, that, it is a really popular recipe that I get a lot of uh, good feedback feedback about. It's uh, French toast is always a popular one to me. I'm working on a, a baked French toast stick for my new book. Those ones, you know, you used mm. to like, I don't know if you did, but when I was a kid, I would like those ones you put like in the microwave. I'm trying to make a version that we can like freeze and use for oh, later. So yeah. I'm on like round number five. So I'm, I'm getting close. Um, but uh, now we move on to other chapters. We've got if forced to choose between chicken wings and me, my spouse would choose chicken wings. This is the meat and potatoes yeah. chapter. Uh, it resonates with me. I was born in Michigan, so it hits home a little bit. Um, oh yeah but i've made the cheese i gotta tell people about these cheese stuffed meatballs um they're they're a go-to for me i make them regularly i've made them for private uh clients in the past for their meals they've loved them um and it's a mushroom and red bean meatball with a smoked gouda cheese in the middle these are that sort of oh my god delicious sort of meatball do you want to tell us about it a little bit Um, those I created with my husband is, he's very into like meaty, like, you know, greasy diner, like super rich, uh, type foods. And so a lot of the stuff in that chapter is made especially for him. But, um, yeah, I think I've had some sort of, um, in, you know, my past non vegan life, a, a cheese stuffed meatball and I completely forgotten about it. But then when I was writing this cookbook, I was like, Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, that would be awesome. And so I think it took a few tries to figure out the right consistency for the cheese and how to get the meatball to hold together around it. Um, but once, once it do, you do, it's, it's so good, yeah. especially if you have some good pasta and mm. the sauce all together. It's, yeah, it's really great. They're truly or delicious. If you, I don't know if you tried this yet, but if you try making a meatball sub with those, oh, it is amazing. I mean, I haven't, but once I'm gonna I, now. Yeah, once I didn't have any pasta now, so I had some leftover meatballs, and that's, that's what happened, and it was so good. Oh, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. And it's funny in the header, you're like, oh, these are a little labored to make. And I got to tell you, I feel like they were super, super approachable and easy to make. Um, I think maybe like the only thing is like time because you're, you know, you're, you're rolling balls and all that. But like, yeah. essentially, it's, it doesn't feel too labored to me at all. Uh, like, honestly, yeah. I don't feel any of your recipes are. They're, they're really approachable, oh, not labored. Um, what's, a, what's a go-to then beyond these meatballs? What's a sort of go-to meat and potatoes recipe to make for a family if you're going to like a family event or something? For a family event, something uh, definitely. I, I like making a meatloaf. I feel like a meatloaf mm-hmm. is a... I think I ha- I can't remember if it's in my first book or second book, but I do have like one of my favorite go-to uh, meatloaf recipes in there. It's one of those things that it can taste so similar and meatloaf, you don't really, it's just, it's just a loaf. It's, it's not super meaty, even if it's made from real meat, right. like it can just, so if you make it with lentils and mushrooms or beans or quinoa or whatever it is that, that is the basis of your meatloaf, it still has that meaty taste. Cause it comes from the, the seasonings and the, sure. and what you put into it. Yeah. And it tends, it's a nice, easy thing that you can make in advance and bring to something and reheat. And, um, it goes really well with mashed potatoes. Mm. Um, it's just, it's a good, it's a good party pleaser. Yeah. And it's nice and hearty too. Yeah. Uh, you've got the the chapter, the in-laws will just add this to their list of my faults. It's a chapter full of meals to impress <laughs> the in-laws. So they'll only say nice things about you. You've got a French onion, soup in, French onion soup in here, and that's a hard one to nail. So how'd you go about getting it right for this book? It took a few tries, um, and mostly because I think I've only ever had real, real French onion soup once in my life. So I was kind of trying to recreate something that I'd only ever tasted once. Sure. <laughs> and so, but once I kind of took my my mind out of the like, how do I make it match this thing that I barely remember the taste of? To like, what can I just make that tastes really good? And I, I studied some other recipes, and and then just um, like other non-vegan, uh, recipes and just kind of figured out the best way to go about to veganize it. But to find, I think it was just getting the cheese sauce. So it would get that crisp, like kind of broiled top, but still melty and kind of oozing into the, yeah. the soup. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a difficult, it was one of the more difficult ones just cause the flavor profile wasn't what I was super, um, I wasn't as familiar with, but it turned out so good. And it is really impressive to serve to someone. If you're trying to impress someone, Sure, <laughs> it does look really nice. Well, and French onion soup seems to be one of those ones that always excites people too. They're like, Oh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> yeah that's fancy. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah. Uh, you've got the, it's not the holidays without Aunt Betty's pumpkin pie, vegan dishes that will start new holiday traditions. I got to tell you, it's funny you named it this because like I mentioned, my uh, husband's family, they have, they always make their grandma's pumpkin pie. And I always mm-hmm. am like, but wait, I can't eat that. So now every time I have to make my own pumpkin pie, well, David now too, because he's vegan. So then he'll eat that one. Um, yeah. But so I thought it was really funny you named it that. But do you have something now that your family always expects you to bring that's vegan to holiday functions? Um, yes. Uh, I, for my husband's family, it's, it's just without, uh, and I think I even say it in the book, um, without question, I'm, I'm required to bring the mushroom gravy. Um, and it's not even my you recipe. Do, you it's it's Issa Chandra's <laughs> recipe. You do <laughs> say that, first, yes. It was one of the first like gravies that I'd ever made. Um, and I brought it to like the first Thanksgiving I went to after we went vegan. And like I doubled the recipe because he has a very large family. And and it was it, all of it was eaten. Like That's nobody so even touched the regular gravy. <laughs> so now it's just like understood that we, that is what I bring. You're and, like, that the, gravy. Yeah. And it, there's been a couple of years where we haven't been able to make it. So I have to send the recipe to, to my sister-in-law or my mother-in-law. <laughs> um, and they, and they just make vegan mashed potatoes on their own. And perfect. Yeah. My, uh, bit- holiday one actually as well. It's not my recipe either. It's Chloe Coscarelli. She has these cookie dough truffles and every Christmas now oh, my cousins yeah. are like, wait, where are the cookie dough truffles? And I'm like, Oh, oh okay. I'll, I'll bring those. <laughs> every single time i'm like here's a ball of sugar um yeah speaking of desserts though yeah. your desserts are no slouch in these books from apricot pistachio chocolate bark to mini salted chocolate caramel pretzel tarts i feel desserts are always the easiest way to get a non-vegan thinking differently mm-hmm. uh what are some of your desserts that maybe have gotten a carnivore to think twice I'd have to, those tarts though those the one the caramel tarts with the pretzels Ugh. Those, I, my, when my husband and I were trying them the first time, we both, we'd take a bite and then just stare at each other like, <laughs> what, what ah. just happened here? What is this? Um, but uh, yeah, and I think any sort of cookie, cookies are so easy and they're so, um, any sort of like chocolate chip cookie or oatmeal raisin cookie cookies are so easy to to get right and you can they're easy to bring places and people just you know they eat them without thinking about it so much it's not like oh this is a cake and i guess i'll try a little slice it's like oh yeah i can eat a cookie and then they eat another one and another one it's it's kind of, it's a good gateway drug it sure is it sure <laughs> into is into the vegan world yeah yeah i always feel like cookies and cupcakes cupcakes always people are like what oh, what yeah. how and i'm like you guys so easy it's not even funny how easy that is yes oh i love it yeah cupcakes are great well you've been the best round to our rapid fire questions here we got a baker baker's dozen for you uh, all right so uh what's your favorite ingredient to cook with cauliflower yes and what's your favorite vegan restaurant oh right now the one i'm craving the most is beyond sushi in new york city i haven't had it in a few years but every time i see it on instagram i'm like losing my mind yes oh my gosh you actually just i love beyond sushi we do too we just moved to atlanta from new york i was there for 
20 years and beyond sushi it became in the last couple of years where i would like have everyone they've opened one that's on like 37th street and it's bigger with like more seating and i, oh, I would wow. always have everybody meet me there and we'd always get all the sushi um oh, it's so good it's so good what's your favorite items to have in a burrito favorite kind of burrito you know i i like plain if it's just like plain beans and rice or like beans and a vegan cheese, I'm, I'm simple. I like it simple. I am too when it comes to a burrito. What are you watching on Netflix right now? I'm watching Flowers. Oh, um, I haven't heard of it. I, it's, uh, it's an Olivia Coleman show and I'm obsessed with her right now. Um, but it's it's just a British um half hour dark comedy dark comedies are my favorite and um it really it it addresses mental illness in a very real way but it's it's also very funny and there's kind of echoes of the royal tenenbaums and it's just a quirky family and i love it all right and what is it called again flowers yep it's called Flowers. flowers uh waffles or pancakes waffles all right kitchen tool most frequently used my cast iron pan. Mm, that's been mine lately. Uh, what is your most used emoji? Um, uh, I would have to say, um, what do I do do the most? Um, <laughs> probably just hearts. I'm not a I'm I'm not a big emoji person, but yeah, I like to do hearts. Okay. Um, right. I like the monkey emoji too. Okay. I think it's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> monkeys and hearts. Monkeys and hearts. Yeah. Uh, coffee or tea. Coffee, definitely coffee. Yes, me too. I, I almost said coffee or tea. I was like, no, no, no. It's definitely coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hands down coffee. Uh, favorite yes. movie. That's sort of a broad question. I don't know if you can rapid fire that Ooh, one. Favorite movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ah, you did it. Bang, right there. Uh, favorite. Now, favorite vegan cheese. It doesn't have to be a brand. It could be the mozzarella. Like, what? what's your favorite kind of vegan cheese? It can be a brand as well. Favorite. Uh, you know, I like, oh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) that's harder than the movie question. You know, I really have been into, uh, Miyoko's sun-dried tomato, Mm -hmm. um, creamy cheese. Mm -hmm. I love that one with a a nice, nice cracker. Yep. Absolutely. So good. Uh, Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper? Brad Pitt. And what toppings do you like on your pizza? Um, I like I like a good pesto pizza with mm. mushrooms, pesto and mushrooms. Uh, maybe some artichokes too. Oh, sounds delicious. Now the last one. What's an item on your bucket list? Ooh, bucket list. Um, you might. I want to do a cross country trip across Canada. My grandparents did it. And, um, my grandpa would always, uh, tell me about it. He, uh, my grandpa just passed away in October, but I remember him telling me about, uh, no, it's, it's, it's okay. (laughs) Um, that he would tell me about how much fun he and my grandma had, um, driving just from one coast of Canada to the other. And, 
so I'd like to to do that. Nice. Uh, I'd like to do that too. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's great. Well, that's your rapid fire. One more question for you. Um, this is our okay. our book brag. Book brag. So, if you can think of something that you're most proud of, or I'm giving you the right to brag right now, uh, when it comes to either both the books as a collective or one of the books, uh, just give me a book brag. Something you're most proud about because of the books. You know, it. it I I'm very proud of they're not just cookbooks that have great recipes in it. I feel like they were really, um, their works from my heart. Mm. Um, so, so many recipes are developed from recipes that were, you know, that I had growing up or that my grandma would make or that my dad would make. Um, and so more motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to think you live at a racetrack. <laughs> I almost do. Uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, even when I was making the second book, I reached out to like just a group message on Facebook to all my family members and childhood friends, um, my husband's family, just saying, what are some of your favorite recipes like to bring to that, that are in your family? Yeah. And um you know, so there's so many recipes, especially in the second book. And there's one recipe that um, is my grandfather or my grandfather, my husband's grandmother's uh, date nut bread that uh, his family loves so much that they only make that version now. And it, it's so oh. special that I was able to take like this, this beloved recipe of their families. And now it's just like a Oh, we're, we're making Christy, Christy's <laughs> Grandma Hope's <laughs> date Aww, nut bread. I love that. And yeah, they'll send me pictures of it, and it just really warms my heart. But yeah, so it's I think it's just that they're they're not just cookbooks; they're they're works of my heart. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, congratulations on both. They really are just amazing books. I love them. Uh, we can find everything at keepingitkind.com when it comes to you. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Fantastic. Where else should we be following you on social media and all that good stuff? Um, you know, I, I'm mostly just on Instagram these okay. days. I, I actually haven't been on Facebook in a few months. <laughs> okay. That's how, um, that sounds healthy. Yeah, I like just, it. Yes. Instagram's my, my favorite form of social media. So you can usually find me there. And it's just uh, at Keeping It Kind. Perfect. No I love it. Uh, I, keeping It Kind, Kind Food, Kind World. Christy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Of course. Thank you so much, Dustin. I really appreciate this. It was so fun. <laughs> Well, isn't she like literally the kindest? She is like right. on brand, on brand. And I'm drooling. All those recipes sound incredible. You know they are. And everyone, these are great books for the holiday mm -hmm. season to give as gifts. I'm going to encourage you in the season of 2020 to support small local businesses. So if there's some bookshops near you to support, please go buy. But I could never go vegan. And but my family would never eat vegan at a small business near you. Yeah, yeah. And you know who else is uh, else this makes a great gift for? Who? yourself you oh. know what because treat yourself treat yourself sweet yourself treat and treat yourself, yourself sweet and treat yourself <laughs> it's one of my favorite chapter names in a chloe coscarelli book the desserts chapter is sweet yourself sweet yourself <laughs> i love that <laughs> it's been a year and you deserve it get yourself these great books to start 2021 out 
Right. Hot right. Um, well, so let's get to this week's Dustin's Dish. Dustin's Dish. What a dish. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not sure how useful this info is, but I do know some people need to hear it. So I'm going to say it here. The two biggest tips I can give specifically when cooking from a cookbook Ooh. are one, read the recipe all the way through and then read it again. Also, read the header. Sometimes there's some valuable information or great ingredient swaps or things like that in that little paragraph before the recipe actually starts. Oh, that's a nice little tip. Well, I mean, I'm I mean, guilty somebody of who it. Wrote, I used to wrote, not read them all the way through. You know, now three cookbooks. Like, that's a, that's a good little tip. And I, that is the hardest thing for me <laughs> to get in there and to just not start, like, putting stuff together. Like, read, at least read it once. Read it all the way through. Come yep. on. Come on. Uh, and so what's number two? Oh, number two, number two. And I even have to remind myself this. Honeys, mise en place your goods. Excuse you? You heard me. Bless you. What'd you, you say? You heard what I call Mise you. en place? Mm. Ooh, can you tell us what's one of my favorite words, my favorite kitchen like words to use. <laughs> uh, Babe, did you mise en place? So tell our <laughs> listeners what mise en place means. Gladly. This means everything in its place. Ooh. So exactly what it means. So read the recipe, gather all of your tools and ingredients, and then chop and dice and measure all the things so everything is ready to go before you even start cooking. And then, this is my own personal preference when it comes to mise en place, after you've measured and chopped and diced and peeled and all that stuff like that i like to do a quick clean of the surface so this point all i have left are the ingredients i'm about to cook with uh and you'll see everything just moves along so much faster and efficiently that way uh this is particularly helpful and a bit more aesthetically pleasing if you are having a gathering and cooking while people have uh, while you have guests so once you have everything and ingredients are prepped then start cooking the recipe i promise you this will change your life for the better. Yeah, and I mean, he's a master. And I think it's a chance for him to, I mean, at least I've observed, a chance for him to kind of like take a reset before actually cooking. And I think many home cooks could use like a little clean. Yeah. And then like, okay, let's take a second before I just mm -hmm. start tossing all this stuff like in. And then you, you just have, have it measured, your you clean, you know, like you do dishes. And then when you're done, you have like less dishes to do. Yeah. You're a master at and that. And it's nice. You just have like your cookbook <clears throat> and your ingredients and you're like actually just cooking instead of worrying about all the things all over the counter. It's great. Well, and I mean, where did where did you like get that from? Where does that come from? Well, I mean, up? culinary school is big on mise en placing, but then honestly, I waited tables at the Cheesecake Factory Ooh. in the summer of 2006 in Seattle. Oh, mm. history lesson. History. And one of the mottos in their whole, they give a two-week training session, you guys. The menu is like a 200-page menu. Um, but it's there's this two-week training session for, it's class. You go to class every day for the uh, servers. And they're, the whole model thing, motto is clean as you go. And I held on to that. Well, hey, that's good. Well, then I have the Cheesecake Factory to thank for that. I guess so. I guess. <laughs> Listen, Ooh. that's it for us today. As always, <laughs> thank you for listening. And don't forget, I don't know if you've heard us say this, please <gasps> rate review, and subscribe. Please Ooh. do all three. That would make us so happy. Um, wh wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, tomorrow we are dropping a mini episode. Ooh. Ooh. That's right, with the winners <laughs> of the raffle from iTunes. And Ooh. it's very specific how you have to claim your book So if, if you're a winner. So since we can't contact anyone directly from Apple with their username, you have to tune in to that mini-sode episode tomorrow. Mini-sode? Mini-episode tomorrow? Mini-episode. To see if you... Are a winner. And that's 20 people? That's 20 people. Oh 20 people gosh. going to get a free book. 
Uh, you, better, you better tune in, y'all. You got to tune in because if you hear your name, then you got to claim the prize and you have to contact us to claim it. You'll see. Tune in tomorrow for that mini episode to find out if you are a winner of the raffle. Now you keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>